You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You are listening to Into It from Vulture and New York Magazine. I'm your host, Sam Sanders. And this week, we are breaking the fourth wall. That is a phrase I actually never know how to properly use, but I'm using it. What I'm trying to say is that this week, two members of the Intuit team, who are usually not on the mic, are on the mic. Intuit, not Intuit, is going to be played this week by two Intuit producers who will now introduce themselves. Wow. Yeah, yeah. That's nice. Can we get more in post, Janae? That would be beautiful. Uh, You go. Oh, I go first? Um, Don't I'm, be nice. You're not on claws out. Come on. No, I'll go. <laughs> my name, uh, my name is Travis Larchuk, and I am a producer on Intuit with Sam Sanders. My name is Takazen, and I'm a producer on Intuit as well. And I produce at the Cut. And um, my my SoundCloud is oh boy. <laughs> no, I'm good. Before we get into it. One, how does it feel to be making Intuit history? And two, did I use the phrase breaking the fourth wall correctly? I don't know. I, first of all, I'm so honored to be making Intuit history. (laughs) Uh, Honored just to be nominated, uh, Travis. For sure. And second, um, I think you used it pretty well. I think breaking the fourth wall usually means acknowledging some aspect of production that usually goes uncommented on. So, yeah. I mean, we could break the fourth wall even more by saying, uh, Janae West is uh, listening in and is going to be cutting this later. Uh, this is going to be uploaded using megaphone.fm to uh, every podcast app later. So Travis is loving this, y'all. That's right. He looks like a little pageant kid. It's so cute. Oh. I wish the listeners could see this. It's- Wait, say more I about that. It. What does that mean? I love it. You're like sitting up kid. astute and you're like, <laughs> grinning from cheek to cheek. It's so cute. All I need is an elbow, elbow, risk, risk. Ah! There we go. So cute. Anywho, let's get to the game. Y'all know how it goes. Y'all help me make this game every week. Usually I share a few stories from the week of pop culture and my contestants tell me if they're into it or not into it. And at the end, I decide a winner based on how much I liked whose opinions. But because I know y'all are up for it, and quick studies, and real smart. Half of the game this week is going to be the two of you convincing me to be into something. Through the magic of pre-interview and research, I found two pop culture topics that y'all are into. So to start, each of you will try to convince me to care about these things as much as you do. Let's start with Travis. Um, Travis, you've been talking about this actually in our meetings for a few months now. Okay. There's a new Legend of Zelda game out this week, and everyone, it seems, who knows anything about video games, including one Travis Larchuk, says that it's a very, very, very big deal. Like, big, big deal. And I personally 
haven't thought about Zelda since high school. For the first Intuit question, I want you, Travis, to explain to me and Taka why the two of us should be into this new Zelda. Sure. Um, Where to begin? I'm going to begin in the 1980s with a man (laughs) named (laughs) Shigeru Miyamoto, (laughs) who you may also know as as the creator of the Mario games. Oh, okay. Uh, Okay. He's he's Mario's daddy. And uh, he also invented this uh, game series called The Legend of Zelda. And his inspiration was these uh, hikes that he would go on as a kid. And uh, the specific inspiration was that feeling when you're, like, hiking up a mountain and you suddenly see a lake that you, like, never knew was there before. And it's, like, this beautiful moment for you, right? My hikes aren't that long. I do run and I go home. (laughs) (laughs) Well, say you got up to, like, the top of Runyon Canyon and you encountered, like, RuPaul or some (laughs) celebrity that you weren't expecting seeing there. Yeah, so like that. So he wanted to, like, capture that feeling of exploration, and that's sort of what all of the Legend of Zelda games have in common is this idea that it's an open world. You can go anywhere you want to go. And I think the reason why someone who isn't particularly into video games should care about Zelda in particular is that it's basically like the video game equivalent of the Star Wars franchise. Like, you cannot be into Star Wars, but you can't deny that it has, like, a huge impact on movies, um, it inspired so many filmmakers, people to get into filmmaking. Um, and that's basically what the Zelda games are for video games. I read a little bit about this game before our chat, and the thing that kept coming up and everything I read about this new Legend of Zelda game and the entire world itself is that it is like explicitly and very much exploratory and you're meant to just spend a lot of time in these worlds and just discover. I think the video games that I grew up with when I played them, there was like an objective. You're going to kill the big boss and win the game and save the princess. It feels like Zelda is entirely not that. It's like kind of marinate in these worlds and discover all the little secrets for as long as you want. Is that correct? It's both. So oh, there, okay. there is okay. a princess. There is a princess. Her name is Zelda. Wait, hold, um, this, since I was name... a kid, I thought Zelda was the dude. <laughs> who's the dude? Zelda is the princess. The dude is named Link. The guy oh, who's in a green hat. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's yeah. the homie. So he's it, the homie. So it's both. Um, you do have an ultimate objective, which is to defeat the, the big bad boss. And sometimes you're saving Princess Zelda, sometimes not. Link! You must find me. But also along the way, there's a lot of exploration and discovery. Uh, You can take hours and hours doing things that are not related to this very important mission that they've sent you on. So you can sit there. um, There's like a cooking mechanic in this new game. So you can just sit by the campfire and like (laughs) bake apples for as long as you want. And nobody's going to come over. For no purpose. Yeah. Do you remember... um, how you needed to save the world. Nobody is, nobody is nobody like putting cares. that much pressure on you. So you can get lost in this world. Totally. Taka, okay, you're hearing this. Are you convinced yet? Are you I into this into yet? It. I'm more so into the fact that Zelda is like the little Richard of video games. Like, wow. <laughs> she you like, gotta explain that. She like set it off. Like, she's like the <laughs> reference point. Like, all the girls come back to her. 
The data around how big this launch is going to be seems pretty incredible. The New York Times says that more than 6 million people watched the preview for hints about this game. Yeah. Six million people watched a hint video about a video game that they cannot play yet. How big will this launch be, Travis? And also, I realize we haven't actually named the new game specifically. What's it called? How big will it be? Uh, So this is called Tears of the Kingdom. Ooh. There was a brief argument online whether it was going to be Tears of the Kingdom or Tears of the Kingdom, but it is Tears (laughs) of the Kingdom. I think this is going to be, like, undoubtedly one of the biggest Nintendo games launches of all time, if not all of video games. Um, anytime like a tiny bit of information comes out, people are all over it. They're like analyzing these gameplay videos. You know, what is this thing? What does this yeah. mean for the story? Yeah, it's funny when I think of like the video game that is a quintessential video game. I always think Mario because it's more pop culturally ubiquitous. But it seems as if, in terms of the nuts and bolts of how a lot of video games work today, Zelda was that girl. I would say definitely. Okay, moving right along. Also, I will say there is a fish man. Sorry, there's a a, fish man. There's a fish man in this game who is hot. Oh. (laughs) What was it? Shape of water, but inverse? What the hell? Oh, wait, shape of water was fish man. Was that shape of water? Yeah, right? I hated that movie. I, God, I didn't I watch movie. it. Listen, if you, you like to. the idea of a hot fish man who you get to ride on his back. Oh. Oh. <laughs> we got to go. We got oh. to move on. I only want fish on my plate. Taka, yes. you're up. Okay. You need to convince me and Travis to be into something that you're already into. And I got to tell you, this one is so out of my lane. It's so out of my lane. Uh-huh. Um, apparently, there is an influencer beauty brand, Race Feud, that has taken TikTok by storm, blown up real big, and it now involves a black influencer calling herself Influencer Harriet Tubman. I cannot believe I just said those words together. What is this feud, and why should I care? So... There was a brand influencer trip by the makeup brand Tarte. Have you heard of Tarte? No. Are they big? Yeah, 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 yeah. They're, they're all I know is big. Fenty and CoverGirl. Okay. That's really all I okay. know. And so, Smashbox. Smashbox is up in there, too. There we go. There we go. Okay. You're getting there. Okay. All right. So Tarte is a significant player in the beauty mm-hmm. world, and they have these big influencer trips, right? Have you heard of the influencer trips? So they, So they will reach out. To the folks who do like the watch me get ready or here's my makeup thing on TikTok and say, we'll fly you somewhere. You use our products, post about it, help us sell this stuff. And we'll give you stuff in a trip as well. Yes. And the trip is like like they take them to an island. Hey guys, travel with me on a trip to Turks and Caicos with Tarte. I stayed up all night and did not get a lick of sleep before I had to pack and meet Keanu at 3.30 a.m. And so these like, there's a group of influencers that get invited by Tarte and... There was one influencer in particular, her name is Bria. She said that she didn't get invited to all of the same events that the white influencers got invited to. Like there was And she's black. And she's black. Just been really upset today because even before I'm getting to this trip, I'm realizing that I'm not gonna be treated like everyone else there. 
And before this, though, so like before this trip where the black influencers were like, we didn't get the same stuff on this trip that the white influencers got, there were other trips that Tarte had done that were only white influencers, right? Yeah, Tarte has had some race issues in the past. Okay. Like that, okay. They, the, also their shades are not, were not the most inclusive. They kind of stop at like the, the dark beiges. Um, so they've had like some stuff in the past, right? So it's not uncommon for this brand. But this influencer makes a video talking about, like, how she wasn't invited to a particular event or got sent home. And then the—I believe the CEO of Tarte the next day does— Responded. Yeah. She responds with a get ready with me video. I woke up pretty sad this morning, and I wanted to talk to you guys about a couple things. We've had right? Because that is how you respond to racism. Get ready. Get <laughs> ready me with me. Watch me do my makeup. Watch me do my makeup and curl my hair and allude to this, right, but not really talk about it. So everybody was coming for the same amount of time, and I was really excited to hang out with so many, you know, really cool creators. And every day had a mix of big creators and up-and-coming creators, and nothing was decided based on the follower account. I mean, I wish I had the amount of followers that these creators had. And so then, after that, other Black influencers who were on the trip come back and they're like, oh, I was just fine. Like, they didn't do me dirty. She lied. She made up this story that was not true. We've asked her to... One particular influencer on TikTok, her name is, I think, Spectrum Blazers is what she goes by. But I think her name is Nikkei. So she gets on there and she's like, black people need to stop asking for handouts. (sighs) I'm going to say this. And I said what I said. Don't even try. I don't negotiate. Um... Black people are the only people on earth, the only group of people who continuously and consistently ask for handouts everywhere we go. They need to stop asking for handouts and trying to be all up in the video, et cetera, et cetera. She didn't say that. That's a... <laughs> That's a Shug Knight reference. Shug Knight I love reference. it. Yes. And I thank you for that. Yes, you know. <laughs> so then people start attacking the Specs and Blazes girl, and they're like, hold up. Like, what are you talking about? Like, you need to chill. And she comes back and she's like, you know, I get that, you know, everyone's attacking me, even though I've done more for influencers in my entire 14 years of influencing. And she said that she is indeed the Harriet Tubman of influencers. She's taking wow. the girls to freedom. Wow. Yes. She said she's the Harriet Tubman of influencers. of influencers. Yes. If she were living that metaphor correctly, she'd be taking the girls away from the slavery of TikTok. Ashe. <laughs> Not further into it. Ashe, my you brother. Said it. Ashe. You said it. So, so this is wild. It's a lot. So it keeps mushrooming the ceo then has to apologize after folks call her a gaslighter it's a really big deal but my thing with all of this and help me understand this i never know how seriously to take influencing and then i'll be like it's just frivolous dumb and i'm like actually no this is a billion dollar industry exactly there's money here there's There's money at play much money here but like take some time and convince me and listeners why we should care about this if we aren't into influencer life. Well, you know, when I ask, like, my niece what she wants to 
you know what she wants to do when she grows up. She says she wants to be a YouTuber. Yeah. This is like yeah. the reality of the kids, right? Mm-hmm. But like the influencing creates like the market of what we have to be influenced by, right? So if it is homogenous, it, it is majority white, then those folks are the ones who get platformed, and then that's what we're sold, and then that's what people then internalize as the ideal beauty standard. You get me? You get me? Yeah. Ashe? Ashe. And also, I also think this mess is just, like, hilarious. It's totally hilarious. It's totally hilarious. The delusion of it all. All right, you've convinced me. I'm into this. (laughs) Travis, are you into this? I would say I'm in. I would say I'm interested in it. I don't know if I if I'm into it. Well, I mean, I just think that you know, as you alluded to, Sam, the Harriet Tubman comparison seems imperfect. But it's hilarious. That's what makes it beautiful. I mean, I think that it is the delusion of it all. Yeah, I I just feel like if Harriet Tubman were posting about the Underground Railroad on TikTok, it probably would have defeated the purpose. You don't think Harriet Tubman would be taking the girls to freedom on TikTok? (laughs) I think it was supposed to be a secret. Harriet Tubman's on signal, y'all. I'm I'm going to get canceled. (laughs) These messages are encrypted from Harriet, okay? All right, listeners, it's time for a break. If you're into us, we want your help. You know the drill. If you enjoy Intuit at all, please consider rating and reviewing on Apple Podcasts. Follow the show wherever you get podcasts. They tell me that we're trying to get to 2,000 reviews in the next few weeks. And if we get there, we get a pizza party. <gasps> and it's not just me. Taka gets pizza. Travis oh, gets pizza. I, tell them that you want the pizza. I want I, the pizza. Look, I'm a tourist. What does I that love, have to do with pizza? That means that, like, food is my life. Food is everyone's life. You no, have to but eat to it's live. Different. It's different. Our horoscope is malarkey. Oh my gosh, Sam, we're gonna fight. We're gonna fight. (laughs) All this to say, keep us from fighting. Review the show on Apple Podcasts. Get Taka that pizza party show. She'll be nice to me. Buy an extra phone so you can review it on multiple (laughs) accounts. Get us closer to the pizza party. You know we love you. Time for a break. We'll be right back. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. 
All right, now I'm taking control again, and I'm asking y'all if you're into the following topics to finish out the game. Are y'all into or not into Ronald Gladden, the everyman and true hero of the new freebie Amazon Prime video show, Jury Duty? Are y'all into him getting a Hollywood rep? He's got agents now. How do we feel about that? Um, It is Kiki Palmer to him, because... Who was that man? Wow. Okay. <laughs> I got some work to do. Travis, do you know what I'm talking about? I do know what you're talking about. Um, so he is the unwitting star of the show Jury Duty. Which, which is, I'm going to say right here is one of my favorite shows of the year. And the year isn't even halfway done yet. It's an amazing show. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I'm into him getting, going for it. Get get that bag, as the kids say. <laughs> Right? Yeah. So for those who are in the same boat as Taka, who have no idea what I'm talking about, let me tell you really quickly. Um, there is a new-ish show on Freevee, which is a part of Amazon Prime Video. It launched last month, and it's truly unlike any show I've ever seen before. The conceit is this random guy. He answers a Craigslist ad that says, we are looking for people to take part in a real jury trial that is also going to be the subject of a documentary about juries in America. And he shows up for jury duty, and everybody else there is an actor. When they say jury of your peers, I think that's accurate. From the people that I've seen in the waiting room, you have everybody from all classes of people, age groups, everything, races, ethnicities, you name it. Everybody's in that waiting room, I feel like. And for 17 days, they sequester the jury in a Southern California hotel. They use an empty, abandoned courthouse and make a fake case for this guy to be a fake juror in. And he has no idea. And over the whole course of this sequestration and filming, they give him these challenges to see if he's a good person. He has to deal with one juror who is actually played by James Marsden, who was playing himself, uh, deal with, like, his Hollywood ego. I was looking at his socks over here. It looked like it said Sonic. And I'm in that movie Sonic. And I was like, does he have Sonic socks on? Oh, shit, you're in the movie Sonic? <laughs> yeah. 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 That's the one with the new one with Jim Carrey. Right? Yeah. 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 I heard that was not a good movie. And over the course of the show, which is eight episodes... You see Ronald Gladden, this everyman, uh-huh. be a really nice guy in these made-up situations. On Sunday, I had showed Todd the movie A Bug's Life. It's about the bug who's making these inventions. He's trying to introduce technology into their lives. That's exactly what Todd is wanting to do. You know, That's what he's passionate about, and I think it's really cool. So I showed him that movie to kind of let him know. At that the end, they reveal it to him. He had no idea. He wins a hundred grand, but over the course of this show, you're just convinced that he's the nicest guy in the world. And so now you're like, all right, everyone who watches this show loves you. What do you do with that? And he has an agent now. He has representation now, and he is going to try to be famous. But let me tell you why this scares me and mm-hmm. why I'm kind of not into it. Mm-hmm. Okay. This man might get milkshake ducked. <laughs> you know what that is, right? No. Uh-oh. Travis, explain. Getting milkshake ducked is when uh, there's somebody who suddenly becomes very famous Uh and everybody loves that person. Right. And then two minutes later, we find out that they're actually a terrible person. Oh, it happens all the time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Remember the red sweater vest dude at the debate in one of the presidential debates years ago? You're your age, Sam. (laughs) (laughs) And he had a mustache. Red sweater mustache debate. Why you chose to wear that red sweater? Can you share with us? 
Uh, yeah, I had a really nice olive suit that I love a great deal, and my mother would have been very proud to see me wearing on television. But apparently I've gained about 30 pounds, and when I went to get in my car the morning of the debate, I split the seat of my pants all the way open. Uh, so the red sweater... Man in the red sweater, Ken Bone. Everyone's Ken like, Bone. Ken Bone, okay, you're okay, so okay, fun, okay. you're so fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then three days later, you find out Ken Bone is low-key racist. Right, right. Or like the whatchamacallit girl with the pet... Um, What's what's the long the bird with the long neck? I think it's an ostrich. Emu. Wait, the emu, the emu lady emu. on TikTok is bad. She's bad. There's two emu ladies. One of them has a racist past. <laughs> well, which one has the emu named Emmanuel? Emmanuel. Her, Emmanuel. Her. Get her the shot. That's the one. She's racist. That's the one. Emmanuel Todd Lopez. I am trying to talk about my love for overalls. Okay. He's probably not gonna move. This is why I don't want Ronald Gladden to be out on the scene that much because you will get milkshake duck. Well, it's not racism. There's something in your past. And so for that reason, I am not into Ronald Gladden, hero of jury duty, getting representation and going Hollywood. I will say I am into the show. It was a really good show. Have y'all, y'all haven't watched it yet. Have I have you? not watched it. Why did he get chosen? Like, why was he the one? No idea. But he was great. Travis, have you watched it yet? I have watched it. Um, I don't like pranks. Oh, God. <laughs> Do you like pranks, Sam? Yes, I like pranks. Oh, no. I feel like pranks are 100% more fun for the people doing the pranking than yeah. they are for the yeah. person being pranked. Yeah, that's the point. Can you imagine if you were that guy and, like, afterward you found out that, like, for two weeks straight, everybody around you was an actor and, like, playing a trick on you? I'd be just fine if I got $100,000. <laughs> you got $100,000. But how would you and learn to trust again? Do I trust? I, I already don't trust. <laughs> All right. You know who I trust? My dog. She's the only reliable thing in my life. So, Travis, I feel like you were not into pranks, period. Yet you watch Jury Duty. Are you into Ronald getting a Hollywood career out of this? Yes, 100%. Okay. Taka, are you into any of this? I am 100% into Ronald getting career and going on a tart brand influencer trip. From one great white American male hero... To a great white American villain? Okay. Mm. Are we into or not into Tucker Carlson taking his show to Twitter? Not into it. Of of course not. Travis, are you? Um, okay. I want to. Oh, he's queuing up. He's queuing up. I'm sweating. I'm going to qualify what I'm about to say. uh, Of course, I'm not into. Tucker Carlson. Of course I denounce racism in all its forms. I don't have a racist (laughs) bone in my body. However, what's your however, Travis? However. 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 He he was going to get paid like $20 million from Fox anyway. For the non-compete. Yeah. Just imagine you being like an instrumental part of costing your company like $700 million that they had to pay in, like, the Dominion lawsuit. And then they fire you, but you're still going to get paid, like, 20-plus million dollars. But because he decided to break his non-compete by continuing to make a show on Twitter, he might not get the $20 million anymore. He probably won't. So there's some reporting on this. Yeah, I'm I'm okay with him not getting $20 million, and for that reason, I'm into it. (laughs) Okay. Let me clarify this. So we all know that Tucker was fired from Fox News pretty abruptly, maybe two weeks ago. 
Since then, there were all these questions about what he does next. He announced this week on Twitter with a short video that he's going to take his show to Twitter because he says it's one of the last platforms that actually believes in free speech left. But through some further reporting from Puck News and Axios, we found out that even though he got fired by Fox News, uh, part of the contract that was a non-compete clause would basically pay him $25 million to not work anywhere else for a while. Uh-huh. Now Axios reported that Tucker Carlson is now accusing Fox of being in breach of contract. But here's my thing about it. I'm actually into it because let Twitter be what it actually is. We know what Elon Musk really thinks, and he's dancing around these ties to figures like Tucker Carlson. Be what you are. He is someone who pals around with these dudes. So I would feel better just leaving Twitter cold turkey if Tucker were there. Right now I'm doing that thing that so many folks are doing where we're just hanging on, waiting to see how bad it really gets. I don't actually need Twitter in my life anymore. It's not helpful to me. The algorithm sucks now. It's not a fun place to be. But I hang on. Once Tucker hits Twitter, I'm actually all the way gone. I'm actually going to complete the breakup and, like, bring his stuff back to his apartment. So for that reason, okay. No, be what you I are so I can go. fight for Twitter. Girl, that's over, girl. No. That's over. You really think Twitter can be saved? At this point? I do. We just need somebody more richer and more powerful to Who? go buy it. Who? Tyler Perry go buy Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> leave leave <laughs> BET alone and go buy Twitter. Come on. Not Tyler Perry Twitter. He would have to change the name. Please. Medea's Twitter, Twitter family reunion. Twitter. 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 With the accent that goo. <laughs> Honestly, you know what? It can't get worse. I'm into I'm into Tyler Perry buying there we Twitter. Go. I'm there into we it go. too. This is the last question in the game, and it means so much to me. Some really big, horrible news was announced this week. Paramount Global, uh, which owns MTV, announced this week that they're laying off 25% of Paramount Global staff. And that means that MTV News will be gone. No more. This was such a big part of my childhood. To see it be gone completely breaks my heart. I want to know whether y'all are into or not into the demise of MTV News or if you even care. I'm not into it. I loved MTV News. Fun fact, I'm actually Facebook friends with Suchin Pak. Oh, so you aren't into MTV News going away. Travis, what about you? I'll say that my... Initial reaction to this news was similar to when you find out that a celebrity died who you already assumed was dead. Whoa. Damn. So uh, I, w- I would call it pulling an Angela Lansbury. Uh, <laughs> no offense, national treasure. Uh, but yeah, I mean, of course I'm not into MTV News going away. I mean, I I was more of a Nick News kid. Uh, Fig- uh, that You know what? That tracks. Nick News with Linda Ellerby. Uh, Those specials were great. They were great. Like, let's talk about gay. Let's talk about sex. Let's talk about things. Linda Ellaby was doing the work with the kids. Yeah, and same parent company. So I kind of like the idea that there was this instinct to insert news into other programming. And, like, most of MTV News was obviously, you know, updates on music. But, you know, every once in a while, they would sneak some real-world issues in there. Yeah. And I feel like... 
you know, increasingly it is easier and easier to not run into like incidental news. Oh, like, totally. you're not watching well, Netflix and then they're like, and here's like an newscast. update. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. well, and, like, this is a thing that I feel like some of our listeners might not remember or weren't around for. MTV News in our youth was like an actual news operation. They had a newscast at the top of every hour. And they had these journalists leading a newscast for a few minutes before you went to the music videos. And some of these people have gone on to become titans of culture in journalism. Serena Altschul, legend. Chris Connolly, legend. Sujin Pak, legend. Gideon Yego, legend. Kurt Loder. People forget Sway. The legend of the legends. Yeah, Kurt yes, Loder. Kurt Loder was the homie. But Sway came out of MTV News, too. Yes. Like, it was it was a beautiful thing. I remember the top of the hour news headlines on MTV News. I remember the logo was like a spinning globe with the MTV mm-hmm. letters mm-hmm. over it. MTV News. You hear it. First. I felt so smart and sophisticated watching MTV News before Mariah Carey videos with my clearly Canadian in hand like it was a mixed drink. I'm going to miss it. I'm actually going to miss it. Also, I was revisiting uh, the the MTV News personalities and like I'm 100% sure I had a crush on Gideon when I was a kid. Girl, every closeted gay youth in America did. Those glasses? It's like, hi Gideon, what is Mariah's next act? I cannot. <laughs> All right, I think we did it, Joe. We did Let's it, Joe. run through all of this. I mean, both of you are already winners because I just enjoy working with you so much and talking with y'all whenever I can. So we all won for that reason. Oh my gosh, back at you, Sam. Oh my God. But I have to name a winner of this game and I'm going to need the rest of the team to help me out. But let's see. Let's see. You know what? And I think Travis will co sign this as well. Simply for floating the idea of Tyler Perry buying Twitter, Taka, you win. I agree. Um, I mean it when I say it. This was so delightful. It is an honor and a pleasure to work with colleagues as funny and smart as you two. I really appreciate this time together. Thanks, Sam. We love you, Sam. I love y'all, too. Oh, my God. Travis Larchuk, Taka's in. Get them wherever you get your podcast. <laughs> uh, they will never be milkshake ducks. Never. never be milkshake never. ducks. I declare. I can't promise anything. You ain't finding nothing <laughs> on me. <laughs> Fox Creative. This is advertiser content from 26.2 Team Milk and their new docu-series, Running Sucks. Is running the worst? Yeah. Do you love it? Do you hate it? I hate it so much. I hate it so freaking much. That you're a real runner now! I hate it. I'm Abby Ayers, a 37-year-old mom from Utah who found herself running across the Manhattan Bridge in my first race ever. Running Sucks celebrates women who run and the running communities that carry them across the finish line. Running helped me in so many ways postpartum. It really is about taking my power back and proving myself wrong. For every person like you, I'm telling you you belong and I'm telling you you can do it. I never thought the words would leave my mouth, but yes, I'm planning on running a marathon. (laughs) I can't even say it without laughing. <laughs>
Because, <laughs> like, who would have thought? Watch Running Sucks at runningsuckstheseries.com and learn more about how Team Milk is helping women runners across the country conquer their next course. Culturegeist. Culturegeist. You're listening to Culturegeist. Culturegeist. I don't know, y'all. And now for a segment we're calling Culturegeist. About all the things we can't stop thinking about. The culture that's haunting you. Haunting me. Haunting all of us. For better or worse. Hi, Sam. My name is Ebony, and my culture geist this week is from Hairspray, the 2007 movie. And now, broadcast live in front of a live studio audience. It is the finale scene where they're getting ready for the Miss Teen Hairspray pageant. James Marsden, who is criminally underrated as a singer, and also, in my opinion, as a heartthrob, has a song called It's Hairspray. And it's, in the movie, kind of a song dedicated to the sponsor of the show. What gives a girl power and punch? Is it charm? Is it poise? No, it's hairspray. But near the end of the song, he has, James Marston has a riff that is seared into my brain because it's so perfect. It's right at the end of the chorus, and he goes, The only thing better than hairspray, hairspray, oh, that's me. That's me. And obviously, I am not a singer, so I cannot do it justice, but that riff is absolutely incredible, and I used to rewind and rewind and rewind and rewind that part on my DVD because... I just could not get enough of his silky, smooth voice and his incredible vocals. Yes, Zac Efron is the teen heartthrob. Yes, the movie is so high energy and it has John Travolta and Queen Latifah and it's incredible. And I feel like James Marsden gets overshadowed in this movie and especially in that riff. And I just absolutely can't get enough of it. Hey baby, you look like you could use a stiff one. And that's my culture geist. Hi, Sam. I'm Jenny from South Louisiana, and my culture geist is from a documentary on Netflix called Made You Look, a true story about fake art. A series of fakes that sold for tens of millions of dollars. The gallery involved in the sale of over 30 fakes. It's about an art forgery scandal, and there is one lady in this movie, Sharon Flesher, who her organization was asked to authenticate one of these forged paintings, and they said, like, no, this isn't right. And nobody listened. And then the provenance... We attached 16 pages of documents showing why that provenance was inconceivable. And everyone in this documentary is kind of uh, shamefaced and embarrassed because either they got took or they were potentially the people who were doing the fraud. So they all feel really awkward. But Sharon Flesher is so happy to be in this documentary. She is having the time of her goddamn life. The gallery later tried to say that we didn't come up with an opinion. I certainly felt that she was not wanting to listen to everything I wanted to tell her. 
It was an opinion to say we cannot accept it as a work by Pollock. Because imagine you told someone their painting was fake. They ignored you and talked shit about you. And then not only were you right, and not only were you right to the tune of millions of dollars, but now you've been asked to speak in a documentary that's all about how you were right. Astrology is fake, but I am a Taurus, and that is the Taurus dream. I feel suffused with well-being every time I think of her. Sharon Flesher, I hope you prosper. You are right. Hi, Sam. My name is Lizzie, and I am from Livermore, California. My culture geist is the 2006 film Just My Luck. It's definitely going in my diary. Ashley is a good luck charm. This isn't mine. This is it. Sarah Jessica Parker's. In March 2005, our girl, Lindsay Lohan, was filming in New Orleans um, in this movie, which was her first leading role playing an adult. In the film, Lindsay's character is named Ashley, and she is a golden child who is blessed with a supernatural level of good fortune. Okay, will you please tell her that I'm not lucky? Well, you were voted prom queen at Franklin High, so we went to Jefferson. Unfortunately, Ashley's amazing luck is swapped in an almost Freaky Friday-style plot device from her in a frivolous kiss at a masquerade ball with a nobody, Jake the Janitor. Jake the Janitor is played by Chris Pine. I promise I'll be right back. Just stay where you are, all right? Okay. But what continues to haunt me was that this was Chris Pine's first leading role in adult rom-com, I'm not counting The Princess Diaries 2 as his breakthrough. And this was Lindsay's last role as a bankable actor. But her onset partying had consequences. She broke her ankle while she was filming this movie. And really, this was the movie that started to limit her career prospects. I think there may be more to this, though. There may be magic in this, dark magic. It was filmed in New Orleans. Did the plot of the movie manifest in their career trajectories after filming? Wait a second. You said that I could lose it to someone else, right? So does that mean that he took my luck from me? Maybe he needed it more than you. So he stole it? That little whack-kissing bandit. Does Chris think about this? What does he owe Lindsay for stealing her success and good fortune? Furthermore, if Lindsay tracks down Chris Pine and kisses him in real life, are we going to get a new chapter of Lindsay's career? The Mean Girls 2 film we all deserve? I need answers. Chris, you and Lindsay need to sort this out. I just, I need to know. Hi, Sam and the Intuit crew. This is Kat calling from Baltimore. And my culture geist is from R.E.M.'s 1992 album, Automatic for the People. Very specifically from the song, The Sidewinder Sleeps Tonight. Overall, this album is mournful and filled with these deep, deep themes, except for this song, which is kind of joyful and lighthearted and filled with nonsensical lyrics. underscore that around the 2.30 mark, you can very clearly hear Michael Stipe chuckle after mispronouncing Dr. Seuss. Dr. 
they chose to keep this recording in on this album, which overall, like I said, is just sad and mournful and beautiful. <laughs> and then there's just this joyful little chuckle. And for over 30 years, I can't get that chuckle out of my head. <laughs> That's all. Thanks again to Kat, Lizzie, Jenny, and Ebony. Listeners, do you have a culture geist? A thing in the culture that's been haunting you for days or weeks or even years? Share it with us. The more specific you are, the better. Just send us a short voice memo via email. Intuit at vulture.com. Intuit at vulture.com. All right, Intuit is hosted by me, Sam Sanders. The show is produced by Janae West, Travis Larchuk, Gabby Grossman, Jelani Carter, and Taka Zen. Our fearless editor is Jordana Hochman. Our engineer is Daniel Turek. Our music is composed by Breakmaster Cylinder. And the executive producer of audio at Vox Media is Nishat Kurwa. All right, listeners, we are back next Tuesday with a brand new episode. Till then, be good to yourselves. All right, bye. Why do you run? Why does anyone? I always thought that runners loved running. And that's not the case. Most runners hate running. (laughs) But they choose to do it. In the new docuseries, Running Sucks, brought to you by Team Milk, Abby Ayers learns why women runners everywhere are driven to go the distance. It really is about taking my power back and proving myself wrong. Team Milk is about fueling women's performance and helping them along their marathon journeys. You can sign up now for the inaugural Every Woman's Marathon taking place in Savannah, Georgia on November 16th, 2024. Learn more and register at everywomansmarathon.com.